What up, y'all? Welcome to the Gunslinger Gaming Frosty Pines Podcast. I'm Gobi. With me tonight is Doc, Omega, and Masami. How y'all doing tonight? Good. Sunday is over. The world is better. <laughs> Yay. Uh, as long as the day's <laughs> over, it's all good. I had so much enthusiasm there. I know. Uh, speaking of... Speaking of non-enthusiastic, Sony will not be at E3 2020. Oh, why not? What the fuck, Sony? What's your problem? They're too good for E3 now. Wait, did they give a reason? Yeah, um, they uh, gave a corporate speech, which is basically not a reason, just a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> so this will be the second year that they're not at E3, because they're moving above and beyond E3. Uh, they enjoy uh, engaging in the uh, what's their what's their fucking statement? It's hilarious. Uh, here is a full st- uh, E3 is a signature event celebrating the video game industry and showcasing the people, brands, and innovation, redefining entertainment loved by billions of people around the world. E3 2020 will be an exciting, high-energy show featuring new experiences, partners, exhibitor space activations and programming that will entertain new and veteran attendees like exhibitors interest in our new <clears throat> activations is gaining the attentions of brands that view e3 as key opportunities to connect with the video game worlds yeah okay so oh, that was yeah. e3 statement yeah oh, yeah no, i want to know why sony's not going this uh, is i'm just gonna go until my microphone cuts out so this is uh, sony's uh, this is Sony's statement. After thorough evaluation, SIE has decided not to participate. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And to recap that, after thorough evaluation... Uh, did you want to continue? Okay. Yeah, no, alright, I, I got it. I got it under control now. After thorough evaluation, SIE has decided not to participate in in e3 2020 we have great respect for the esa as an organization but we do not feel that uh the vision of e3 2020 is the right venue for what we are focused on this year we will build upon our global event strategy in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe our focus is on making sure that fans feel part of the playstation playstation family and have it access to play their favorite content we have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to PlayStation 4, and with the upcoming launch of PlayStation, of PlayStation 5, we are truly looking forward to a year of celebration with our fans. So that's their, cor- that's their corporate bullshit statement that they put out that means absolutely nothing about why they're not attending E3. It's just basically they don't want to be at E3 anymore because they don't want booths. Um, they don't want the big shit show on stage. Maybe they finally caught on that E3... Basically, the only reason I watch E3, the only reason I know anybody watches E3 is for the epic cringe. Yes. Well, and and they might not want to be on the same stage as Xbox anymore because, you know, they're better than Xbox. If anything, that's what I think it is. They probably want to do their own big event or whatever and announce whatever announcements they're going to make and do it on their own and don't want it to be uh, lost in the news of uh, a bunch of competitors' announcements and, you know, all the other noise coming out of a conference as huge as this, so... They, if they have like big stuff to announce, you know, if they do it on their own time, you know, it won't be lost in the uh, the noise of everything else. They become the Julia Roberts and the Anne Hathaway of gaming. <laughs> me, 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 me. 
Yeah, they. It's kind of annoying because it's like every other major company still does E3, even though it's usually a shit show. It's just pretty much they want to be on their own, just like you know. Oh, we won't allow crossplay because it's bad for our customer base. No, it's not. Fuck you. Stop being a stuck-up prick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> somewhat related, I guess, tangentially at least. Uh, I was surprised to learn today, in fact, um, that PlayStation has like by far the largest market share in the console environment. Mm-hmm. Their console so... is the only thing keeping Sony afloat. That's an overstatement, but it's still this. There is their it's their uh, most uh, whatever profitable division. I mean, to put it bluntly, they don't need to do E three. Well, see, they didn't. They they weren't um, until the P PS four. Which, granted, they did some good things, but the biggest thing was Microsoft shot themselves in the foot um, with the Xbox One by not launching backwards compatibility straight out of the gate and trying to do this always online console shit. They, Microsoft made a lot of bad decisions at the beginning of last generation. And because of that, Sony and the PlayStation really gained a lot of market share because the PlayStation 4 was the better console when the two of them came out. And I'm saying that as an Xbox, I'll say fan. Um, I enjoy Xbox. I'll never buy a PS4 because of their controller and other reasons, but they made a lot of good choices at the beginning of the last generation. And now we're getting ready to join another console generation with the PS5 coming out and the Xbox Series X coming out. So it should be interesting this generation on what happens to that console share. Um, I do think Microsoft is poised if they play their cards right to take back the console wars um, with releasing all of their games on PC and Xbox and making them cross play between Xbox and PS or Xbox and PC. Um, I think that's going to help them. Their oh, yeah. biggest problem is lack of stellar first party games. I mean, that is something that Sony has done well this last generation, and I don't see them dropping the ball this next generation. I think they're still going to have those stellar first-party titles like Uncharted, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War. Like, I, I have a feeling those are going to keep going. Microsoft's got to find an answer and got to put up some good first-party games if they expect to compete, not just on a hardware level, but overall. This is the awkward silence of a bunch of PC players. <laughs> yes. I mean, we could talk about some mobile gaming stuff because... Uh, no, obviously... fuck that. Let's talk about Diablo 4. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you want another uh, dead conversation? Uh, yeah, Diablo 4. Diablo 4 uh, hands-on preview came out uh, two days ago. Two days ago, I think. Uh, or yeah, well, this article says a day ago. The one I'm looking at from Games Radar. Um, I will Whatever. say, if this game has controller support on PC, though, Blizzard, pull your fucking head out of your ass and give us controller support on PC. Um, I definitely would be interested in playing this game. 
That is the controller support is so not even on my radar as an issue. So <laughs> you're you were it's gonna be obviously obviously yes, it's know, a PC game first. Heart. Uh and the okay, so what came out basically basically is uh, just a stellar like graphics preview, um and a little bit of gameplay footage and the in-game cinematics look beautiful. The whole environment looks way more like D2 than it does D3. It's not like super polished, clean, nice, cartoonish. It is It is dark. It is gritty. There's good texture to it. Uh, we've, we're following the druid. We're seeing a druid character play. Haven't seen that since D2. Fucking love druids. And um, monsters. Big monsters. Big attacks. Uh lots of pretty lights there's nothing about this that i don't like and i i'd really i'm looking forward to diablo 4 coming out sometime in the next 10 years <laughs> honestly i'm surprised that they released a preview this soon it's almost kind of a uh see see we're working on it sort of gesture it really does yeah this this does follow the pattern of d3 though they did the same thing with d3 where they released uh footage gameplay footage periodically throughout development just to prove to people that they were still working on it but it's like okay mm -hmm. i i believe that you're working on it and i believe this is a thing but i also believe that you programmed in all this shit just so you could make this video and there's there might not be a lot of work behind that like more more expansive work all around that so yeah i think they're i think they're doing stuff deliberately for demos at this point <clears throat> blizzard is notorious for working slowly yeah but that's that's yep not uncommon in the industry as they you know for these it, demos they they just like carve out one thing polish it up best they can and not worry about everything that's broken that they just don't show you and uh, they show you what works and what looks good and get you excited for uh, what's coming it is on it is unusual and it is characteristic of blizzard to do that over the course of a decade before they put a game out though I, mean, I was just saying, I know you guys are joking about the, the whole 10 years and stuff. What optimistically only half do you joking. feel like <laughs> what do you what do you feel your best case scenario for Diablo 4 being released into the world? Alright, legitimately Three, best case. 20, best case. Best case? Like miracle yes. best case 2022. Okay. That's that's kind of where I was leaning to. Realistically, um, 23. I would say it takes three years. Okay, I, I mean that's I disagree, but I agree. Best case, <laughs> best case, you're is like twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four is more likely in my mind. Twenty twenty five, somewhere around there, is when we'll actually get a, a finished game that's ready to come out and Blizz is happy with it and they put it out. I was I was gonna say four or five years myself, but really it all depends on you know how much they're. Marketing and other things. I guess. Yeah. Well, see, so here's, here's brings why... up a good point. It depends on how much Activision is kicking Blizzard in the ass right now, because Activision might rush this out and it might be a shit game when it comes out, instead of what Blizzard is known for putting out, which is a finished product. Well, here's uh, one thing to think about: is um, look at what Blizzard makes its money on. StarCraft 2 is not the hot game anymore. Makes it uh, subscriptions to WoW. That's their main um, source of income. Yeah, but they need something new. Like the, the WoW subscriptions are what keep them afloat, but 
they have always along the way had those big, you know, tent poles uh, standing outside of WoW. And, you know, StarCraft II was huge. It was a huge esports title for a long time. I mean, it's still played a ton of esports, but it's not the big game anymore. I mean, Diablo 3 is so long ago that, you know, here we are now with the sequel. They need they need something, and I don't think they can wait four or five years. When did Diablo 3 release? Get, 2012. I was going to say 13, but okay, yeah, 12. So eight years ago. That's a long fucking time to live off of. Four, I believe four years after that, in two, uh, yeah, in 2016, we got Rise of the Necromancer. Rise of the Necromancer. That was that was uh, their expansion pack, the and then between then and now, we've had Overwatch and and Heroes of the Storm, and we another StarCraft game got put up. That are going strong, strong. Um, I mean, what season are they in now? What Overwatch? No, uh, Diablo like season twenty. Oh, uh, yeah, it's like twenty. So there's definitely people that are still playing Diablo, but I mean they're probably itching for a new game, and I know I would be after eight years playing the same game. All the people who've been playing WoW the entire time. I just could never get into WoW. No, neither could I. Litness, Litness was in it for a, a while though. I was deeply addicted to it for a good uh, few years from the time of Burning Crusade through about right, right as Cataclysm came out, and then it just kind of was not the same game anymore, and I went on to other things. I've, uh, I've, I've never like... played it, but I've watched probably dozens if not hundreds of hours of other people playing it when i was really really stoned and just like would go over to my friend's <laughs> house and watch it play wow it was like my own weird fantasy movie thing happening and yeah. <laughs> never played a lot, it a lot of a lot of pretty lights yeah pretty much he had all these different add-ons and shit so he was like tracking all the uh the damage that he mm -hmm. did and shit and so it was always kind of hilarious just to uh sit and watch it but yeah that there type of gameplay there was a time where i had replaced my entire hud with mods <laughs> like literally the entire interface was just custom done <laughs> You know, that actually does bring up uh, an interesting side topic for D4, and this is something that I, I talked to Dr. Niggle about uh, earlier in the days of D3, was looking at WoW and how customizable that is and how they've left it completely open to all these different kind of mods just for allowing users to, you know, track, track have data. more data. Um, and there's none of that for... Diablo 3. I wonder if... Uh, uh, not only is there none of that for D3, if you use it, you get banned. Yeah. I was going to say, they have an anti-cheat in Diablo 3, right? Yes, they do. And also an anti-mod oh. inter... Or whatever, an anti-mod monitoring interface. See, I'm all for anti-cheat, but like... anti-data? That annoys me. Like, it'd be but nice to have more than just the shitty, care. flashing, red damage numbers that Diablo gives you. Like, it'd be nice to have some sort of, you know, quantitative measurement. 
of what you do. So I'm not, you I, I have no idea how data is tracked in WoW. I'm assuming that anything that allows you to keep track of data in the way that WoW allows you to keep track of data, uh, the mod would have to be a hook-in of some sort. Maybe uh, hook-ins in Diablo are also the primary way to cheat, so they just said fuck it, and, and there's none of that allowed. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe maybe they would allow mod support in D4, but that's that's saying, like, that we'd even be interested in mods in D4 anyway. I have no idea. The, the footage that they put out right now, the gameplay they put out right now is, like, the UI is pretty, but I'm not in there, I'm not playing the game. Uh, I don't really know if there's anything else that I would want apart from what I've seen. Well, listen, we've played plenty of hours of, of Diablo, like, at yeah, a certain plenty, point, plenty of stuff in D three that I would like, definitely, yeah. Well, but at a certain point, it's like, all right, I'm doing this rift run for the thousandth time. You know, I'm yes, the UI might be pretty, but after a while, that doesn't matter anymore. And you might get curious about what else is out there, like what other information you could be looking at. But uh, for fuck's sake, do you remember? You remember they were banning people for using macros? Oh my god! What? Wait, were they? <laughs> they were. Yeah, this was back when wow. CM Wiz was a thing. Uh, in the day pre Rise of the Necromancer, um, the CM Wiz, Critical Mass Wizard, was a thing where you just bit, you froze all the targets around you and you blew anything up that was within range of you. It was awesome. It was awesome crowd control. And the way that you did this was you basically spammed one, two, three. So you would be. Uh, it would sound something like this. And you'd just be doing that. You'd be doing that for, like, hours on end. And so Leetness and I and some other players uh, and Spirit and all the rest of this, we were just like, well, fuck this. We're not going to break our keyboards and we're getting carpal tunnel, so let's just program in macros. Cut to, like, two weeks later, there are all these articles coming out about people being banned for using macros in D3. And that That's was funny because I used... That went on for years. I forget what uh, what the program was but i had one of those like scripted like where you could script key presses yeah, like yeah. uh and uh i used it in d3 all the time and it never caused any problems that was well leetness and spirit and i never got banned for using our macros for cm Wiz, or later on when we were there was some other build that that we also programmed macros for but it made us pause when these articles came out we paused and we were like maybe we shouldn't and then Blizzard sort of waved back and forth on it, and then eventually someone called bullshit because they were they gave away some mouse or something. They partnered with Razor and they gave away a special edition Diablo or oh, Diablo the, mouse, the Naga or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that thing actually came pre-programmed with macros for Diablo, so people pointed at that oh. and were like, "Hey, Blizzard, bullshit!" And Blizzard yeah. eventually said, "Yeah, I guess." I was going to say, because uh, that mouse uses Razer Synapse, which I have for my mouse and my keyboard. And if you open it up and you look at my keyboard, which I have a uh, 2012 Deathstalker, and it right in the snaps, it shows you a place to do macros and stuff. And you can set it up for different games and shit. And it's built right into the same software that does the lighting for the keyboard. So it would be, to me, extremely difficult for Blizzard to pick up that I'm only running snaps for my lighting and not for macros on my mouse or some shit like that when it's all in the same program. I don't think they'd have that technology. So yeah, it's that was kind of bullshit, but so the I've point heard of greater it, things. It is it is an interesting point. How how will Blizzard address mod support and 
uh, external stuff like that in Diablo 4. It would be nice if it was not the same as Diablo 3. It would be nice if they grew a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, as long as, you know, they're not game-changing mods, I got no issues with it. You know, like, UI mods or... Say they don't actually give native controller support, but they allow somebody to mod it into the game so that you can use controllers instead of a mouse and keyboard. Like that's stuff to me that doesn't change the gameplay, but it makes it more accessible to more people. That's fine. But like you add in mods that make you better than other people, that's cheating. I mean, that's a cheat, not a mod. All right. Well, I. <laughs> I hate the idea of there being cheating in a PVE game. I was, I was going to say where you Diablo only play by yourself or with friends. I mean, you can play with randoms, but fuck that. Uh, like, but there's no PvP, right? In D three. Yeah, there is. It's not popular at oh, all, but okay. there is. I've <laughs> never done it once. I don't. I, I if somebody was like. Hey, let's PvP. I wouldn't even know how to go about doing it. <laughs> we did it as a gag. I still have videos of that of Steel and Cardiac dueling just like for shits and giggles. <laughs> like I with how different and how specialized the utilities of each build is, it's such a stupid thing to do. Well, there's no point. Like yeah, there there are some classes that are just obviously like Demon Hunter instantly deals massive aoe damage like that a wizard can do just as much damage if not more but there's a wind-up time so the wizard versus demon hunter demon hunter wins every time yeah i feel like it's just like rock paper scissors of you know d this different build beats this different build but loses to this build but you know it just it's it's such a pointless thing to do there's there's certainly no like organized structure around pvp combat like in other games where it's like oh yeah we're gonna go into a pvp mode and do this you know game against other people like first person shooter against other people it's not like that it's just you just use your stupid skills against other people and that's it right. so more more interesting stuff um about d4 anyway the People who play D3 will be familiar with the the skill rune system. Basically, you uh, unlock skills and you unlock runes for those skills as you level up, and the runes alter alter the way that the the skills work. Oh, that was and, D2. No, that was that was D3. Um, D2 was uh, you level up your skills, which is what D4 is returning to. So there's no skill rune system uh, in D4. The systems from earlier series. I'm quoting the article. Uh, series from earlier series, earlier series yeah. entries are returning, letting you improve your abilities, and they will gain new effects through leveling up by spending points. And layer the more, oh yeah, and then it gets in onto um, basically the the game modes. When you start the game, when you go into the game, you will be in a uh, a massive public world, like WoW. So it's an MMORPG setup. And when you go into dungeons specifically. You, that's when you group up with your friends and you have semi-private sessions. Um, so that's that's how they're going to craft this world, which is interesting. They that's new for any Diablo game. What's the point of that? 
I'm not I... sure yet, but I think it has something to do with much larger boss battles. They want, like, 50 to 100 people to be able to fight something that's just monstrously big and strong. So you have this... Oh, like, so they're, they're adding WoW to Diablo. It Basically. sounds like they are, they are taking yeah. some of the more popular elements of WoW and they're adding it to the world of Diablo, while still keeping semi-private dungeons and private parties and all the rest of that. It sounds like uh, there's an MMO I played, Defiance, um, the one based on a TV show, and that's that's how that is. Like you can group up in your squad of four and you run around, but there's all these other people, and at any point in time you can stop at like one of these world events, and you can be shooting them, whatever, and this other group can come in and help you out. And you know the boss battles you're talking about are kind of like Ark Falls, where there's one giant behemoth of a boss. And there's 50 to 100 people all trying to shoot this one boss. And there's, you know, obviously it has little minions that come out and stuff like that. It was one of the better things that Defiance did. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, I just now realizing that that whole system probably came from WoW. But uh, it was enjoyable. A um, little crazy. Um, sometimes some things didn't come through. I will say there's probably going to be some graphical shit like... Um, you might see a whole bunch of defaults running around. Um, like your customization is not going to show through in those big areas because, you know, the server has to render a hundred different people that are all custom. And if your computer can't keep up, you see a bunch of defaults or whatever. Uh, but that sounds like a cool idea. I mean, it's definitely interesting. I'll be, yeah, I'll be interested to see how it, how it turns out when, uh, hopefully we'll get a, an, a closed beta or an open beta. In the next couple of years, year or two, two years. <laughs> Honestly, it yeah. almost feels like they're this is the successor to WoW. Like they're not gonna do a World of Warcraft 2. They're just gonna do a different style of MMO to kind of transfer everyone over there. But that's really just think my they pessimistic want... business major sense kicking in. Yeah, you're right. Well, then your pessimistic business major sense should uh, might also pick up on whether or not the that Diablo 4 will be uh, like Diablo games in the past, where you bought it and you had it, or if it will be a subscription model, since they are introducing MMORPG elements into this. Hopefully yeah. it's not a subscription model. I hate games like that. Yeah, if it is, then I won't be playing it. But we, there's no way to know that right now. Right. Yeah, just any time I hear open world and the ability to either play with people or that sort of thing, it just, like, I'm surprised, you know, D3 has as much of that sort of functionality as it does without any other cost other than the game itself. Yeah, I mean, they could go with a uh, Elder Scrolls Online business model too where there's you buy it you own it and then they do have the like premium subscription so you can still do the the month to month subscription based thing that gives you extra stuff in the game and you know it gives you bonus xp and all that stuff but you can also pay 60 dollars. you own the game you can log in and play it whenever you want to you just don't have all the extras and you're not going to make as much money as somebody who pays the monthly subscription. Uh. Yeah, that's that's a reasonably decent model. I mean, it's been working for them for five years, so I mean, it maybe I mean, and they do do 
they do release <laughs> new like Doo-doo. expansion pack every <laughs> year or so. Like uh, Skyrim is supposed to drop. I believe it's the 16th of this month is when they're going to go back to Skyrim and you can play Skyrim and Elder Scrolls Online, which should be interesting. Um, although I had some issues with Elder Scrolls Online too. Um, the UI is complete trash to me. Um, I'm not a hack and slash guy. I'll be right out there and open and the whole thing with it. Uh, but I was playing with Necro the other day and we both jumped in and we could not figure out how to set a fucking mission so that every <laughs> party, everybody in the party could be on that same quest. Like, and I could start a quest, but he didn't get the, inf- you know, like he wasn't included on the quest. Like, you know, in Breakpoint, we bitched and complained because you have to unpin it and then repin it and then all the members of the group can join you on it. After dealing with ESO, that system is not so horrible. I can deal with that. <laughs> I really, I really want to watch the video right now of the um, who's the guy who's the CEO of Bethesda, the wicked smart nerd, talking there in his article. He's like, uh, he's talking about being back in high school. He's like, I want to program video games, and everyone told me, go back to the chess club, nerd. Well, who's laughing now? And then he gets all serious. He's like, yes, I was in the chess club. <laughs> it's such an awkward interview with that guy. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, but you know, hopefully he wasn't the one who made Fallout 76. He's the, he is the genius behind every single Bethesda title, for better or worse. Oh, so we can blame him for Fallout 76. Everything. And- Absolutely oh. everything. That game, I can't even believe that game is still going. Like it shocks me to the to this day. <laughs> it's, it's achieved meme status. So people play it as a gag now. But yes, there are. I know there's some uh, some GSers who still play it uh, for fun, not necessarily all that seriously. But yeah, I guess there's I mean, still fun to be had in that game. I own it, uh, but the whole I don't like their the way they did it. Um, I was waiting for private lobbies to really start to play it, and then I found out you have to pay money to pay play on fucking oh, private yeah. servers. Yeah, that, that's and the whole thing about I Fallout said, 76. Yeah, that's the whole thing about that game. Everything is money. You like the what is it? There's like a special edition founders pack that's like thirty bucks, and it, you get uh, an emote and uh, some item, and that's it. That's what you're paying thirty bucks for. Yeah, it's, but there, it's that mechanic is is all over that game. Everything is overpriced, uh, even the glitter. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing, what I liked about the game was, it was finally a Fallout game that you could play with your friends. Like that was my thing. I could never yeah, get to a Fallout game because I would just get bored with it. But it's something about playing with your friends that you know gets you by those points where you're like. Oh, this is so fucking boring. But, you know, you got Dr. Dingo blowing up fucking fire extinguishers and stunning your ass. You know, that helps get you through, you know, places <laughs> like that. Um, But then, you know, they just, it was a, such a shit show that I just couldn't do it anymore. Like, I think I made it to level 10 and I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm fucking out. Goodbye. 
The thing is, I mean, it's a great idea to have have a Fallout game where you can finally play with your friends and all the rest of that. But uh, according to Omega, we talked about this a, a while ago, maybe a year ago now. What made all the Fallout games before this was the absolutely fantastic NPCs and the storylines that you could get into and all all that. They took all of that yeah. out. So you can play with your friends, yeah. but there are no more great NPC storylines <laughs> or NPC characters. And then, uh, yeah, it, it just it kind of fell apart. I think what they needed to do was they needed to take Fallout 4, make it co-op, and re-release the game. Perfect yeah, Fallout not, game. Never, right never there. happening. I, yeah, <laughs> never. I mean, we can hope maybe modders will give us co-op, but that's that's their best bet, and I'm not going to count on that. It's the story of Bethesda's life. The modders come in and save every game that they put out. Oh, it, it's crazy. Like, what year did Skyrim come out? That had to have been like right around the same time as Diablo three, right? Twenty twelve. It's still alive and kicking today, not because of Bethesda, but because of the community and modders. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Two thousand eleven is when Damn, Skyrim came out. Really? It's been nine years. Yeah. November 11th, 2011. That's... Huh. Yeah, that, well, actually, that's kind of why I started getting back <laughs> it came into... Out on, it came out 11-11-11? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but that was the reason why I reinstalled uh, Elder Scrolls Online, because they're going back to Skyrim, and I really liked the map of Skyrim. Um... Like, I enjoyed the worlds, and the graphics are great and stuff, so I was really looking forward to going back to Skyrim with, you know, friends and being able to play co-op through Skyrim because it was fun solo, but it was also so fucking boring solo. Like, there was just so much map and so many things to do that it just got old. And then, of course, I somehow got past the Frostbear that's... 14 higher level than I was, and I couldn't get back by him, so my save was completely trash. Thank you, Skyrim. Yay. <laughs> Alright. So, yeah, that's that's coming out. This, uh, in April, I think. Some, some summer around then. But that doesn't matter, because we're all going to be playing Cyberpunk 20, 2070 in, uh, on April 16th. April 16th is the release date. Action yes, figures are still available. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they did say multiplayer is coming to the game, but they didn't say it's not going to be their release, and it won't be until after all the story DLCs are released for Cyberpunk. And they have not said if it's going to be co-op or if it's going to be PvP. <laughs> I personally hope it's more of co-op multiplayer than it is PvP because that'll just be a complete waste of what looks to be a fantastic universe and worlds. Oh yeah, it's uh Cyberpunk is is awesome and they they're they've actually there's an RPG associated with the whole thing that they've actually purposefully held back while they wait for the game to release. Um I actually bought the little like jumpstart thing for the RPG, so I'm I'm pretty excited about both that and and the game in general. I mean like I normally go for co-op for like games I can play with friends, but 
between The Witcher and, and other things, they're like one of the only games I enjoy, like playing by myself. Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, again, I wish it was co-op too, because I think even even if it's only two-player co-op, I feel like it would be beneficial to the game, but I'm not going to buy it just because it's solo. Um, definitely on my games that will be pre-ordered. And I haven't been pre-ordering many games. You remember how in 2015 everybody was like, oh my god, look at Back to the Future 2. It's not like that at all. I don't at all want to live to 90, but it'd be fun to live to uh, 2077 just to like look back on this game <laughs> and be like, hmm, they didn't get quite get that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that game looks way nicer than where, where we live now. The fuck? <laughs> right? Planet, half the planet's going to be a desert. The rest of it's going to look like um, Blade Runner uh, 2040, whatever the last Blade Runner that came out was. Are we talking the classic one or or the shitty no, remake? It's not. It's How dare you? It's not a shitty remake. They actually did. I was actually really impressed that they did such a good job on the remake that they did. They yeah, captured a I lot of really, the texture of the first one. I really no, enjoyed the, the second one. Really did. It was, uh, you made a comment about going back and watching the first Jay and Silent Bob movie because you're worried about the the new one. Oh, no, so I saw the new one. I was just trying to remember oh, yeah. if the old one was anything like that because I, I legitimately can't remember. So I want to go back and I want to watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, yeah. I remember it being really fun and really entertaining. On the other hand, the first time I saw that movie, I was doing a lot of drugs. So I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch it. <laughs> You're also younger, out. too. <laughs> I was much younger. I can't. What, what was that, 15 years ago now that movie came out? It was a while. I mean, I was either just graduated or second year in college, I want to say, when that came out. Like 2001, 2003. I do absolutely remember Dogma, though. And they have a lot of the... They have some of the characters that were in Dogma in the new Jay and Silent Bob movie. Honestly, when I was going through yeah, the new movie, all, I, all the movie really impressed upon me was, holy fuck, these people got old. And it, <laughs> it made me depressed because now I feel old. Because I am. Yeah, it, yes, well... you're so old. 2001 is when Jay and, Bob, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was released. So, 19 years ago. Yeah. Dream. Yeah. That's rip. There is uh, one thing that uh, happened this month that I always like hearing about, and it's probably one of my favorite things to hear about this time of the year, and no, it's not some dumb fucking gaming award show or anything like that. Uh, so every year right around this time, Awesome Games Done Quick does as a charity event. It's 24 hours. They stream all of it. Uh, this year, they raised $3.13 million for charity. Um, getting over it, developer. Um, the guy did it in one minute and 24 seconds. Uh, they beat Control, which just came out in 49 minutes, which is pretty impressive. And uh, the getting over it one, that's the, the sledgehammer and the guy in the pot. 
um yeah the yeah. the one that was uh <laughs> uh let's play youtuber fuel basically like surgeon simulator it was just something that you played so that you could rage at it but games done quick uh actually if anyone hasn't ever checked out a games done quick session i encourage it because just because i like the way that they play games they don't play video games the way that they're meant to be played they find new and inventive ways to break the games and to play them and get from like start to finish as fast as humanly possible um these were also the people that did i think it was elder scrolls online years ago they figured out how to get from the start of the game the speed run the entire the entire storyline in like 40 minutes which is fucking incredible. They were level three when they finished the game. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, my, you know, but I love it because they, you know, it's for charity. So it's, you know, these guys take time out of their, their day and whatnot. Um, some of the ones, Able Gamers, Doctors Without Borders, and an organization for autism research. All great charities to donate to and if you if you are donating you can select which charity you want to put your money towards or you can uh leave it up to the people who are on the panel at the time and just say it's your choice yeah man but yeah i think it's over right yeah uh it was oh god it was last i want to say it was last week yeah yeah, yeah it was last week place. Um, 54,000 you know, donations from across more than 80 countries. Yeah, it's it's a great cause and it's fun to watch too. I mean, like Nigel said, it they find ways to basically break the game and get there faster. I remember have, watching have, like Nintendo speedruns. Have you ever seen Dark Souls beaten in less than half an hour? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's that kind of play. It's fucking amazing. It's uh, sometimes it's really entertaining to watch these guys. I I really enjoy their Dark Souls playthrough. They did one, two, and three. I think two two took the longest. It was like an hour. Yeah, I think two was the largest game of the three as well. Um, I never beat any of them. Um, cause yeah, they're just. Yeah. You know what? It things. turns out I didn't realize this in Dark Souls. <laughs> you don't actually have to fight anything. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, yeah. Well, there's. Uh, I my issue is always like they call him the intro boss. So you know how every game has that like intro level. Um, oh yeah. You can never beat the fucking boss for whatever reason. They teach you all these <laughs> fucking things, and then they don't tell you how to beat the fucking boss and. You sit there and die over and over and over and it's over. You're and over. supposed to buy the hardcover <laughs> game guide. <laughs> yes. Uh, or just and the do what the speedrunner out... did and trick the thing into uh, charging itself off a cliff. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, I've I never seen any of the Dark Souls, but uh, I have seen Bloodborne, and that would be fun to watch them speed through. Yeah, Remnant yeah. from Ashes is one I would like to see speed run through. Uh, it's a third-person shooter that's Souls-like, and I can I can attest that it is very much Dark Souls-like game. Um, I have raged quit many times in that game, and I'm not even through the first fucking part of the game. It's it's so much fun, but <laughs> it's not fun at the same time. 
All right. So, what is this about a Samsung Galaxy Chromebook? Oh or, no! Oh, tech tech gadgets. Yeah, it's uh, actually for the very first one. Um, Razer released a new controller called the Kinchi, and it's uh, basically it's a controller for Android phones and ISO phones. Um, it doesn't use Bluetooth like a lot of these sandwich. Um, it looks like the Nintendo Switch. For those of you that can't see, it's like it basically looks like a Nintendo Switch, but it's hardwired into the phone. It has a USB-C connection or a you know lightning connection for an iPhone one on one side, and it plugs into your phone, so it's hardwired, and there's no Bluetooth. So your phone, yeah, your phone snaps into the middle of it where the screen on the Switch would be. Yeah. And it, it played, you know, the buttons are pretty much just, it's got all the same buttons as a Switch. Um, I really like the looks of it. It's it's a cool, like, I've played Android with an Xbox controller, which is probably the easiest one for most people. It Bluetooths right up and everything just works on it. Um, I do like the hardwired uh, better than Bluetooth. Um, I feel it would, like they said, have less latency and less jankiness. And it's, you know, obviously they'll have an app, so it'll be supporting certain games. Um, it'll also work with uh, Google Strata on your phone, too. So that's cool, I guess. But yeah, that was the only thing that I saw in that article that was worth mentioning. Yeah, mobile gaming. We got to it anyway. Tried tried to bury it with Diablo 4, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you know everyone has a phone, right? How did you... That's... <laughs> so, so before the podcast, we, there's, a, there's a trailer on here, and there's a game that we absolutely love making fun of Leapness for. And when I clicked on the trailer, like, my brain wasn't reading it right, and I read it as the uh, other game. And that's where the whole comment about, oh, it looks really sci-fi. <laughs> not realizing it's not Diablo Immortal, it's Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal. Yeah. Um, so obviously we just talked about the trailer. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, gameplay looked pretty cool. The level's design seemed more open. Then previous titles, you're not in a tunnel or anything like that, which I rather enjoy. Hon honestly, nice. the the gameplay trailer that uh, is up on YouTube right now uh, reminds me a lot of Doom Three. In that, yeah, you do have obvious obvious uh, venues of progression through the level, through the maps, and everything. But there are occasionally large open areas where you can uh, jump around. Yeah, and he, I don't know if he has a jetpack or what, but there's some crazy ass jumping thing going on. Yeah, and you've always been able to jump like off. a madman in Doom. <laughs> Except for the first one. Yeah, well, the first one was, yeah. The first one was the first one. <laughs> that is Classic. factually accurate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing will ever be like it, and yet that's not necessarily a bad thing. Original Doom and Wolfenstein. Ooh, those were the days.
Yeah, you know, it's funny. You watch the original Doom, and then you watch Wolfenstein 3D, and you realize how similar they are. I mean, level design is a little bit different, but instead of killing demons, you're killing Nazis. Well, I guess... Same thing. Same fucking thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the guns are slightly different. They they look a little different. That's about it. Oh, and one of them is your BJ, and I can't even... Do they even say your name in the first Doom? Or is it just Doom Guy? I, as far as I know, it's always been just Doom Guy. Yeah, unless it's Dwayne the... No. Was it Carl Urban? Yeah, it was Carl Urban. Yeah, The Rock wasn't in that, right? So it it must be... No, he was was totally in that. Yeah, he was in uh, (laughs) Doom... uh, I I just know it as Doom. It was probably just... that, That was the name of the movie. But yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And Carl Urban as Doom Guy. That was such an awesomely bad movie. I love it. It really was fantastic. <laughs> I went back and I watched uh, Dread with Carl Urban too. Uh, every bit as awesome as I remember it being. Yeah, that is that was a fantastic movie. This is like the eighteenth time that we've brought these two movies up on a GS podcast. <laughs> For fuck's sake, people! If you haven't watched them by now, go do it. Go watch them. Yes. Stay tuned for our recommended movie list coming soon. TM. Oh my god, uh, I would love to do that. <laughs> and, well, anything with Keanu Reeves has got to be in there, right? Yes, John Wick Probably. 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> I, you know, yes. yeah. I, I, almost, I almost didn't watch uh, the first one because, uh, yeah, I have, I have this thing in movies about animals being killed. Especially if yeah. it's just oh, sloppy, yes. sloppy storytelling or a bad plot point, and that's exactly what it was. So I, I started watching that, or yeah, started watching that movie. And I got to that point, and I was just like, yeah, okay, fuck this, and I turned it off. Then somebody was like, no, you have to. So I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that that scene was. It was, it was fucking horrible. bullshit. It was. It's, that's like, just sloppy. I, whatever. The rest of the John Wick series, though, really good. Oh, yes. Yeah, once I'm, you get past that initial motivating point, and then everything just keeps rolling downhill, like you know the the stone in in Indiana Jones movie <laughs> chasing you, growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Couldn't the Russian guy just have like taken a shit on the hood of his car, and he just got really super outraged at that, so he murdered everybody? Wouldn't that have been just equally as, as emotionally powerful? I mean, yeah, I, I think it was. I think in the larger grand scheme of things, they were trying to kill John Wick's hope, um, and that's what the the puppy was supposed to represent was his hope. That was the connection to his wife. Right. And that was, you know, the connection to a normal life to his hope. And that was why they killed the puppy. I still don't agree with it. I agree with you. It was a stupid fucking plot point. Um, I do like that he got the the dog at the end of the movie. And it stays with him through the rest of the movies. Yeah, Yeah, at least they never repeated Um, that mistake. The Well, it's yes and no. I don't. How many spoilers do we want for John Wick Three here? I mean, I know it's been out for a while, but no, uh, no, not not yet. We'll do. We we can totally do a John Wick podcast uh, again. Is that would be, be yes, again? again? All right, yeah. Well, you know, we do. We are going to have to co- cover Keanu Reeves Day. So, I mean, that's after, true. We are. 
Well, you know, I Keanu mean, Reeves is going to be in Cyberpunk, so that that's fun. That's yeah, you. you're you're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna be doing a podcast about uh, Cyberpunk's release. So yeah, four uh, months away. It's practically tomorrow. Right. I know. So we so have to do close. one every day until you know we get there just to practice. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and speaking of uh, uh, games, or you know, practice. Speaking of Keanu Reeves and games and movies and all the rest of that, the uh, Tom Clancy's Division movie has uh, entered pre-production, and we have confirmed, or IMDb confirmed, that um, Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal are going to be the main characters. So there you go. Tom Clancy's The Division It's getting a movie. It's in pre-production right now. Expected uh, release is either at the end of this year or beginning of next year. The question... Is is it going to be better or worse than the Sands of Time movie? Pretty much have to be better, wouldn't it? <laughs> I well, uh, <laughs> it could be worse. All the costume is great. Who cares? Costume, yeah, the costume in Sands of Time was pretty pretty good. If you like Jake Gyllenhaal's nipples, then uh, yeah. Well. This leading lady seems like she might be more well known than the leading lady in uh, Prince of Persia. I'm gonna gonna be I mean, honest. I don't even remember who the leading lady in in Sense of Time was. Uh, I think the only other movie she was in was that Hansel and Gretel movie with um, the Archer from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No way. She was the leading lady. She's like super white. In Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Uh, she was also the 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 woman who played the sister in the Hansel and Gretel movie with Deadeye from uh, Avengers yes. is also in the uh, Attack of the Titans movie. Uh, she plays whoever the muse is, the demigod. Sorry, Mara Artitone. No, that's not her. The fuck. Oh no, I get them mixed up. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say she's she's way too. I know Hollywood whitewashes a lot of movies, but she is way too white for a Prince of Persia movie. Uh, the Germa Araton is. <laughs> yeah. Adaron. Adaron. We should have a whole podcast yeah. of Gobi pronouncing difficult names. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be awesome. People yes, love it. I will come right behind correcting him. That's fine. It, as long as you, you agree with me that it's ambulance. Ambulance. <laughs> Whoa, Black I Betty. I, just, I think <laughs> I just got a migraine from that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Christ. yes. <laughs> uh, and yes, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm not from the Deep South. Just so we're clear on that. I was born and raised in Wisconsin, so they're That'll add to your migraine. Yeah, it's a that no, that's that's fair. Okay, that's why Gobi pronounces it uh, council instead of console and Discord instead of Discord. See? So it yep. is that is regional. Yeah, I mean it's uh was there's another one that we get too confused onto uh 
I remember what we, there was a whole list of words that we'd go through, and I say them differently than a lot of other people too. Uh, do you say ask or axe? Spell it. A S K. It's ask. Okay. Let's try to remember. So one of the people that we hang out with says axe. Like A X E. Yeah. When, when, when you know, let, let me ask you a question. <laughs> uh, wash is not unless I'm really word. drunk. Wash. Yeah. Wash. Yeah. Wash. Well. <laughs> That's. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you wash your clothes, or I use the wash. Yep. Look, Masami, all things considered, Masami is, like, you have zero accent. It's like me, I'm from Boston, but I don't speak with a Boston accent. Masami is from the, the Midwest and does not speak with that. I've never heard uh, an oh golly gosh out of you, or a gee whiz, <laughs> or a you betcha, or a ayat, or anything like that. About the, the craziest I get is every once in a while I get lazy and I say y'all. Y'all's fine, yeah. What? Yeah, I was gonna say, what's wrong with y'all? I use it's y'all not all the so, time. It, as you approach the east coast or the northeast coast of the United States, y'all becomes much less less, less prevalent. Yeah, that is the truth. Get her done, son. Ugh. All right, <laughs> what's our roundtable? Uh New Year's gaming rev resolutions. I don't have one. Fuck resolutions. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make resolutions, I make commitments. Fuck commitments. <laughs> uh so Masami, you must be the only one that uh makes resolutions. So I just resolution? threw it out there as something that maybe, you know, you had a goal for the year, you know, play more games, play less games, play different games sort of thing. I'm going to give this new game called Warframe a try. <laughs> wow, that actually took a while. It took 57 minutes, almost 58 minutes, yeah. That's I, pretty good. I was going to say, I bet you couldn't go... <laughs> I was going to say a month, but that, that would be like cruel and unusual punishment, like a week without booting into Warframe. You still have to booting game it. during that week. No, you just I... can't into Warframe for a week. No, that's that's just like that's asking me to throw away login rewards for a week. Can I at least just start the game, get my login reward, and then then log out? Because I've done that before for a couple weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah, I even I've done that too. It's like I'm not gonna play, but I'm at least gonna log in after six or seven p.m. and and do the thing. Yeah, so I cool. guess we'll give you that. Yeah, I mean that a month without Warframe that would be like. Uh, just sending you to prison, right? I don't know how I feel about that. We'd miss him too much. I mean, you'd be taking our warlord away from us. It would, we'd just be heartbroken. I mean, who would build this new cafe and sushi? <laughs> who would build pointless decorations in the dojo and give people exactly. free rides through Sanctuary Onslaught? Um, definitely not this warlord. <laughs> definitely not this one. I was gonna say, are, isn't there like three warlords in this this thing right here? I mean, there, two of us just oh. got completely fucking shit on. Yeah. Omega and I are just fucking chopped liver over here. 
There are, yeah, there are three warlords. There are four ostensible Warframe players in this room, three of whom are warlords, and only one of whom <laughs> has logged in uh, in the past week. That, that's not true, I did. That's right, you did a lot, yeah, okay. So yeah, anybody uh, else Anybody else have a New Year's gaming resolution? Uh, not really. Um... I guess I, I'd like to try some different games with my son other than just shooters. Uh, I don't know how well that'll go, but it's out there. Let's get some RPGs in his life. Yeah, the, he's five. <laughs> so so we're we're still working on reading subtitles. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> RPGs are a little, little difficult for him yet. Um, get him, get him some of those point-and-click Sherlock Holmes games. Exercise that uh, mental he muscle. He, he literally like gets bored with those. He plays uh, the Escapist. Like he doesn't mind puzzle games. I kind of almost thought about getting him like the Tomb Raider games. Uh, because those are you know regular action games or whatever. But you do have to figure out puzzles to, you know, kind of go on. Especially the last Tomb Raider game. I really enjoyed that one. There we go. Um, that's that's why I asked you if you say ask or axe. It's because you say especially instead of especially. That's why. Oh, yeah. You're going to... Dude, if you sit there and nitpick my speech, you're like, you were going to come <laughs> no, up with no, 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 all no. sorts of shit. Yeah. It, it's not, <laughs> it's not nitpicking. I know it's regional dialect. It doesn't bother me at all. It was, <laughs> I was just... I was trying to remember which word it was, and it was... It's especially. That's the one it was. Okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Or, or probably... Now, pro yeah, that's fine. Probably is uh, that's how I say it too. Uh, Sammy's over there, like I need fucking Tylenol to kill this migraine. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Hasn't kicked in yet, but you know it might be preventative <laughs> at this point. Well, I mean, if Tylenol doesn't work, there's there's other things like whiskey. Whiskey works <laughs> wonders on multiple things. It even cures teething pain. Mm. For those that are, are curious, I mean, we should, yes, do, I... we should do another GS podcast where we just recommend our favorite hardcore drugs. <laughs> I can't recommend any hardcore drugs if you get a parent. Um, I won't recommend against marijuana because we all know that makes everything wonderful. Just uh, great. Just don't do it in front of your kids. No, bad, yeah. <laughs> Doing drugs when you have kids is bad parenting in any situation. Uh, unless they're in bed and they're sleeping and you're trying to calm down because they've made you pull your fucking hair out. Yeah. I think meth is pretty good. I've heard good <laughs> things about meth. Yeah, I, I might have tried that once. I, I can't say that it was, I don't remember much of it. I must have been a really fun person. That's all I can come up with. Oh, well. Good podcast. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of that, uh, so last night, we were supposed to do this podcast last night, and some people didn't show up. So Dr. Niggle decided to play a nice joke and, and record a, uh, we'll call it an <laughs> outtakes. Yes. And, uh, I will. Outtakes. I will post that podcast as well, um, but it will not be listed as a GS podcast. It will not be. It'll only be available on 
Was that a video you sent me or audio? I can't remember. It's um, it's it's the video. I can send you the audio too. Um, so it'll be on I told both YouTube you, I, and I told uh, everyone and... I was doing it. I announced very clearly <laughs> I'm recording this. <laughs> um, but it will not be listed as a gunslinger gaming podcast because I don't think we covered anything gaming in it. No, we no, we, just, we shit not... on Twilight for the the whole for like twenty minutes, and then we talked about glass butt plugs. <laughs> Best so, podcast uh, we because... ever did. Uh, it will be out there for the world to hear, um, but you might have to do a little looking for it. Um, and yeah. And I would highly recommend headphones if you're doing it in a public. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to want. Yeah, they're don't, required. Not suitable for children. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And make sure you're sitting down because you will laugh your ass off and fall on the floor and you don't want to hurt yourself. Just a nice I mean, gentle roll. If you're if you're in the bathroom, probably even better in case you piss yes. yourself. Yes. Not inaccurate. <laughs> but uh yeah, I guess uh, we'll wrap up. Uh thank you guys for coming again and uh thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Penis penis.